Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. Jesus, sometimes it feels like everything is falling apart. Something with the house or the car or a dear friend. And as we move into fix it mode, because often we or someone can fix the house and the car, we squeak out a prayer like now. We ask for deeper things like strength and resilience and trust that the road won't always seem so hard. In your word, O Lord, you tell us that there are seasons and you promise to walk with us. 
And so as we enter this time of worship together, may we lay everything, little and big, at your feet. And may we fill up on the strength and truth and the promise that is you. In Jesus' name, amen. some time together in January talking about the book of Romans, Paul's letter to Rome, and we talked a lot about sin. Sin is that which distances us from God, our creator. Sin is lying and jealousy and causing harm to ourselves or to the people around us. We all sin. So knowing that we all sin and that we have all been granted forgiveness through Jesus Christ, let us pray the prayer of admission in your program. God, you gave us language as a gift so that we could connect with one another. We admit that we have not always used our words to lift up. We ask you to ground us in your holy word. Forgive us when we intentionally and unintentionally use our words for sin. Hear us now as we pray silently.
Jesus died for us. Jesus died for you. Jesus died for that person who is sinning against you. Somehow, through our brokenness, Christ's grace seeps in and makes all things whole. Beloved, hear the good news of the gospel. In Jesus, you are forgiven, which means we get to live at peace. Thanks be to God. Amen. If y'all take a look at the back of your program, the last page, there's a lot going on right now. Um, and the website is the best way to make sure you know what's going on. Um, and speaking of programs, my buddy Tim Gatson wants me to ask um, that if y'all want to put these in the blue recycling bins, that'd be great. But your coffee cups need to go in the trash cans. Um, thank you for that. He's laughing at me. <laughs> he knows I don't like to give announcements. Today we're beginning a short sermon series, only three Sundays, uh, because between now and Lent, that's how many will fit, just three, Lent begins um, March 2nd. And so for these three weeks, we're going to be studying Paul's letter to the church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians, and in particular, we're going to be talking about why words matter. So I'm going to invite you to read with me. You can follow along in your program, 1 Corinthians I'm reading from the very beginning, chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched by him in speech and in knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, he will also strengthen you to the end so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him, you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The word of God for the people of God. The title of this sermon is Words Matter. In 1943, Lutheran pastor and professor Dietrich Bonhoeffer was arrested by the Gestapo in Germany. He was arrested for his very public objections to the Nazis. And in that moment, he lost his freedom to publish he lost time with his parents and his friends and his students and his fiance. He spent almost two years in a prison cell. And though Bonhoeffer could not publish, he continued to write. He wrote letters to his parents and to his friends from the prison cell. And then they wrote back. A record of those letters can be found in a book published on his behalf called Letters and Papers from Prison. 
I read several of those letters this week and I was touched by how personal they are. Bonhoeffer is reassuring his parents that he's okay. Though the physical demands of prison life can be difficult to bear, he tells them, hey, I'm sleeping and I'm eating and I'm making friends. With one letter, his father sends a parcel of bread, a blanket, and a woolen vest. And in another letter, he asks his mother, hey, could you send me some slippers and shoe polish and a smoker's card? In and among these words of personal connection, Bonhoeffer articulates his reality. He shares the mental toughness required to sustain each day. And he leans on scripture to get him out of the monotony and the loneliness and his own suffering. And he leans on his faith, on the words of scripture to connect him to the people he loves the most. In one letter, he writes this. He says, Good Friday and Easter free us. They free us to think about other things far beyond our personal fate, about the ultimate meaning of life, suffering, and events. And we lay hold of a great hope. It's through words that Bonhoeffer connects to the people he loves. It's through words that we glimpse a bit of the story of his life. It's through words that we find meaning. On several occasions, Bonhoeffer writes these three words. You know me. You know me. And I wonder about the depth he is communicating between those three words. He's nodding to the reader through the page. Surely his friend or his parent that he wrote those words to know exactly what he means, but a few decades and countries removed, we don't know. How vital it is to be known, especially when you're separated from the people you love. How vital it is that Christ be known, which seems to me the reason Paul spent so much time writing. How vital it is for us to reach out. When we can't find the words, we reach to people like musicians and writers and scripture. Paul knew the truth that we will explore in this sermon series. Words, they matter. Paul, he's writing this, church, to this letter to the church in Corinth. About 55 years after Christ's death, he's writing from a neighboring country. And like Bonhoeffer, Paul is writing these words to connect to the people he cares about. He writes this letter, 1 Corinthians, actually in response to a letter that the early church in Corinth sent him. That letter got lost somewhere. But they wrote to Paul and they said, hey, we've got questions about authority, your authority actually, and we've got all sorts of ethical questions. And so Paul picked up a pad of paper and a pen and started writing in response. It takes time as a new church, like this early church in Corinth to find your identity and then to have your identity live out in the world in every small and big decision that you make. 
Paul knows it's hard, and so he starts this letter with encouragement. He begins by reminding them of their foundation. We are followers of Jesus Christ. Did you notice in the scripture how many times he writes Jesus Christ? Look at it. If you were to count it, nine times. How many verses are there? Nine. Nine times in just nine verses. Paul is no dummy. He doesn't want us missing his main point. We serve Jesus Christ, our Lord. He says, Jesus Christ is the one giving me authority. Jesus Christ is the one giving you identity. Jesus Christ is the one who has authority and all ethics. He answers every question they could possibly come up with in the first verse. I wondered this week if Paul knew that his words would outlast him. Like if he was writing and thinking, hmm, if, if my words get taken out of context, if they are read by people outside of this particular context of first century Corinth, I wanna make sure that there is no doubt about who we serve. And he's wise to have done it right, because that's what we do, right? We pick scripture verses like we pick cherries. We don't always pay attention to the surrounding historical context. How important then is it that Paul was really intentional about his words? He paid attention to the construction of his words. He wants us to know above all else that Jesus is the source and the answer to any question. And pointing to Jesus, Paul knows that words matter. As followers of Jesus Christ, you and I, we've gotta be really intentional with our words, careful with our words. We believe that scripture is the authoritative an inspired word of God. Through scripture, God connects to us, connects us with Christians all over the world for all times and places, connects us to each other, strangers and friends. We believe that when scripture is preached, it takes on new life through the Holy Spirit, that it takes on flesh and it, it helps us in our everyday lives. And we believe ultimately that the word took on flesh and dwelt among us. That's the gospel of John, chapter one, verse 14. We believe that God chose to take on flesh in Jesus Christ and calls him the word. So that when we read words on the page in the Bible and it terrifies us or confuses us, we are to interpret them through the person, Jesus Christ. It's through him that we find good news. God knows how powerful words can be. God knows how words can be used to lift others up and how easily they can be used as a sword to tear others down. And so God chose to come to take on flesh and Jesus, the word, to spend time with us so that we might know him and he knows us. It gives meaning to those words Bonhoeffer wrote, you know me 
Who's the one that can say that about every single person? Jesus. And then he gave us the word so that we might know him. You and I, we don't get to walk alongside Jesus the same way his disciples did, which I wish I could. I would have a million questions on the heels of Jesus. We don't get to, though, and so that's why we really have to lean into these words, the words of Paul, because they serve to connect us to Jesus. One of Dietrich Bonhoeffer's critiques of humans is that most of us choose to learn only through our personal experience. Like we choose to learn about Jesus only through our personal experience. And he warns us against this. He says, when we do that, then, then few people make precautions in advance because we just assume that we'll probably be okay until it's too late. He also says it's the reason that we're not really good at empathizing with other sufferings because we choose to view our life and to view the gospel only through our lens. No, he says, pick up scripture. Read about somebody else's experience of the gospel faith. Talk to somebody else. Our words matter. A few years ago, a church member, Kristen Vick, told us about the Letter Project. Have y'all heard about the Letter Project? It coordinates letter writing between strangers. Anyone can go on their website, theletterproject.org, and, and choose to write a word of encouragement to someone. You can go on the website and, and put in the name of someone, a daughter or a colleague, someone who could use to hear some, some words of encouragement, and then they coordinate all of these letters, like 20 to 30 letters to be delivered at the same time to someone who needs them. Kristen hosted a letter writing party for Downtown Church a few years ago and we wrote letters together to a single mom who was struggling and to a teenager who was going through an eating disorder. Kristen, she'd been doing this for a while. She was really compelled by the mission because she knows how it feels to get like a heavy piece of paper in the mail that has your name in the to line and then connects you to whoever's name is in the from line. She knows the impact of receiving that paper and then reading the imperfectly scribbled words from another human, even a stranger, and how deep those words can go. The stories speak for themselves. The testimonies on the website, they speak for themselves. From the recipients of the letters, the words carried to them by strangers. Words like, hey, I see you, and you're not alone. Words matter. This week, as we dive together into 1 Corinthians, I'm gonna ask you to do one of three things. You get to choose. You don't have to tell anybody about it, but I'm just gonna invite you to do one of three things. The first is to just say the words, I love you to someone out loud. If you don't wanna do that, it's all right. You got option two. Option two, you can go to theletterwritingproject.org and write to a stranger. And you don't even have to come up with words from scratch. They've got some there for you. That's option number two. Option number three is that you can get ready for Lent by signing up for one of the opportunities that we're offering to engage with the word. 
can sign up for this Lent devotional that we've created. Or if you're really brave, you can sign up for the poetry workshop where you get to write your own words, find your own meaning. May the words of Paul, the words of God, Jesus, the word, allow us to more fully know ourselves, more fully know each other, more fully know and be known by God. Amen. Keep my dirt on the surface So you don't gotta dig The people that make me nervous Try to hide all of their sins I've got no reason To cover God, you meet us where we are, whether that's on top of the world with a job promotion or happy client, or if we're in the trenches of feeling stuck, miserable. God, you've gifted us this holy book of scripture with stories hundredfold, real people like us 
who encounter you and whose lives are forever changed by you. May we read your words for us. May we write our words about you for others. May we be intentional about how our words build up, not tear down. God, we pray this day for those among us and in our community who are stressed, stressed about how they will pay the next bill, stressed for the next cancer scan, stressed by the next test coming up at school. Your words come like a balm to ease our anxieties, for you know the plans that you have for us, and you tell us to come to you when we are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and you, Jesus, you give us rest. Your words, they call us out to action to inspire us to get out of ourselves and lift others up. Teach us that we can preach your gospel with our actions, too. And now hear our words, O Lord, as we pray the prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I invite you now to stand with me and profess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. And because words matter, I want to remind you that you don't have to say the words, all of the words with us. There may be some words in here that you're struggling to believe or words you have questions about. It's okay to let the words of others carry you. Friends, what do you believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Words matter. Let us be intentional with them. Let us cling to the word, Jesus Christ. And as we go from this time of worship, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the interruption of that Holy Spirit, may it be with you and with all those you love and with all those nobody loves. Amen. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.